think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay. Sissoko finally waited. Ericsson, low. Great ball into the middle. What a save by Heaton. Tonight's Davison Sanchez, Lucas Moura. And belted into the net. Brilliant goal. On debut, Tungay Ondombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura clips it. Oh, great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London! That is absolutely incredible on debut! Oh, yay! What a finish for 3-2 from Serge Aurier! First hand here to Son. Kane, good area for Spurs. And Kane's not afraid to shoot. Wow, what a goal, Harry Kane. That is exceptional. Try and place it. Wonderfully taken by Eric Lamella. Never afraid to take on a shot, and with good reason. Terry in the Burnley back line, and Son breaks forward. Oh, wow, what a run. Jermin Son from inside his own half has scored one of the best goals of his Spurs career. Hello, good morning and or good evening. Welcome to another new Spurs Order pod. I'll be a host. X-Pack, been away for a few weeks and yeah, we're back to look it in this evening. Joined by firstly Booker T. How you doing? Very well, very well. It's been a minute since I've been, since I've been on, but um, yeah, um, nice and refreshed from a nice staycation. I'm I'm ready to talk all things Spurs. Let's go. Let's go. There you go. You're back to the muggle world now. I'd love to see it. <laughs> Thank you. Scott Hall, how you doing? Hey, I'm in I'm in decent spirits. Um obviously it'll be ruined very soon by Spurs because they still haven't signed two centre backs, but you know, we'll get into it. Fair enough, man. Yeah, you just gotta get that that ice on and you're getting ready for pre-season tomorrow, I hear? Yeah, getting ready for pre-season. Um, I've, I've spoken to the agent, a.k.a. the wife, and let her know that, you know, these may be my final few seasons. Uh, so I hope to okay. go out on a bang. Last season was a shocker. We finished 19th. Um, that wasn't Antonio Topes' fault. You know, I tried to rally the, the troops around. 
but it was difficult. You know, we we we're rejigging a few things, and Tashlan will be back next season. I promise you that. Nice, nice, nice. Have you guys got a goalkeeper yet? Or... Hey, 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 you're know. doing too much, bro. All right, all right. I'm, just, I'm genuinely curious. I'm not <laughs> even, hey, I'm brother, nowhere near putting my hand. We're in the transfer right. market. We're looking out a few people hit this on a Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is deadly serious. That <laughs> implies <laughs> that implies a lot of candidates, and I hope you pick the right player. Listen, I didn't know how hard it is to get a goalkeeper in this day and age. But like, what it's people don't want to. Extremely hard. Extremely they don't want to hard. save goals? No? Okay, cool. Save. Pause. Pause. Pause indeed. Actually, I, I'm, I'm, I'm proud kind of with Tobes on the whole pause pandemic thing. Even though I haven't listened to that to the main pod yet. Like no, no, he had some egregious statements. Don't, don't fall, don't, don't fall that into that canyon with, with Tobes, bro. Listen, he is in trouble. That brother has some crazy statements, yeah, and he doesn't follow it up with a pause. He doesn't even protect himself. He just lie that. He just takes it. Pause. You see? See what I did there? Hmm. Chale, learn. Yeah, it will take you for a life. Hey, man. Fair enough. It's, it's summertime. Um. Yeah, this whole centre-back thing's been rumbling on for a few weeks. Mm-hmm. And it looks like they kind of lean towards uh, my man Mickey, who's uh, not been doing too well for the other 21s I see, but Mickey van der Ven. Will him and uh, Tosin be enough for you guys? No. Not at all. That, In fact, that that's the worst case scenario. In fact, I'll protest. I'll protest if that happens. The best case scenario and the only scenario I'll accept is uh, Mickey and uh, Tapsova. And the reason why is because if you want to be really like, um, how should I put it? Ambitious. Ambitious a bit. You could put yeah. Mickey at left back. You could you could have him as a, as a secondary left back if you're not always going to start uh, Destiny. And if you are going to start Destiny, you, you still got the option of having him either coming off the bench or starting alongside Romero or even with Tapsova because Tapsova can play on the right-hand side. He's a right-footed centre-back anyway. You know, it's not difficult for him to switch over to the right-hand side. So there's more variations in us having the two than having Tosin and Tosin, who's a youngster at this point, mm. hasn't got enough in his career for me to be comfortable with him now jumping into the upper half of the league, even as a secondary option off the bench. Hell no. No. It's, it has to be Tapsova, Romero as starters, in my eyes, and uh, Mickey as, a, as an option or a rotational piece, personally. Fair enough, man. What were your thoughts on it, Booker? Um, personally, I, I've always said that I still feel that the current four at the moment uh, that we hold there, so that four being Sanchez, Rodon, Longley's now gone, and Tanganga, that they needed to go. And in order for them to go, I would only really be happy if we were to replace them with two players who had the potential to start. I really do actually like Yao's point of view with regards to Mickey, whereby if he was to play as a left centre-back, then he could also deputise as a left-back because we can see that he's done that um, when he's been playing uh, in Germany. But 
I really do feel that it's necessary that we buy two players who are really at the level to start. Um, and one of the reasons I also think that's important is because I just don't feel for the way that um, our new manager wants to play. I don't think he, he actually has any, he should be able, well, not that he should be able to, but I don't think he should put any trust in Davies or Dyer being able to fulfil those roles as ball-playing, mobile, agile centre-backs. Yeah, fair. It does sound like a lot of from what I can see on the, on Mickey van der Ven's profile, like it would, on paper, complement us quite well. Um, yeah, it's just whether he'd be enough coming in by himself without a tap sober, for example. Um, it's, it remains to be seen. <laughs> see, there's news every day from aggregator accounts from Fabrizio. Like, okay, they're still working on the deals. There's clubs are still talking. A lot of yappy, yappy, yappa. So it's um, it's it's the theme with the last few weeks, I think, for Spurs. And I think it's been the theme, kind of, especially recently in regards to um, body language and certain players and how they fit into a kind of Ange team what he wants and um there's other players who may not be in his future plans apparently being kind of not up for sale but would be listening willing to listen to offers and um i know i'm kind of teasing it i can see yeah will probably be very happy like there's obviously news of hoibia potentially attracting interest from atletico which sounds pretty serious and at the same time people have been conflicting like okay yeah but we need players like him and we're going to miss him and then at the same time players like Ndombele have already been written off for lack of a body um for lack of us I was reading Papa Blankson's um comment about body language for lack of uh, a better term and or perceived body language um I can put it as um this situation has been a mess on Spurs Twitter like Tops, you've even been getting quite a lot of um, pushback. Your tweet had a lot of uh, interaction from what I've seen and heard. So, uh, yeah, what are your kind of... I already know what your thoughts are for the main part, but if you would like to share those with us, please. Yeah, well, like, um, how can I say this in, like, a fairly measured way? Don't. Um... (laughs) You don't need to be measured. Like... There's sections, sections of our fan base. You know, they continue to show their asses, like, and that's just, that's just, that's just the front and center of it all. Sections of our fan base continue to show their asses because, as football fans, I think it's absolutely okay to be subjective, specific, specifically when it comes to your, to your, to your team and players on your team. But when it comes to certain things that are literally black and white, metaphorically, physically, people suddenly, all of a sudden, seem to feel that there's a difference between one or the other. You're looking at someone who was bought for a record fee of incredible amount of of talent. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe he hasn't shown it. He's gone away, done his thing, come back. And is looking for a fresh start compared to someone who has 
been here the whole time, has been a mainstay in the team, and has slowly, and actually has slowly and decrepitly shown that he isn't a player of the level. And with a decent amount of money being put on his being put on his name to be sold, people are now speaking as if he is the best thing since sliced bread. I I I don't understand. I don't understand. The same Hoiberg, which I watched last year, numerous amount of times, gave us performances with the least amount of recoveries, the least amount of progressive passes, the least amount of tackles. It's the same kind of numbers that you would associate with someone like Ndombele. But because he's now come back under a new manager, I mean, be given a fresh opportunity, people are talking to me about, look at the way he walks from the taxi to the front door. I can't, I, I can't, <laughs> I cannot believe some of, some of the rhetoric like I'm, I'm seeing. And, it, and like, and like, we kind of had this discussion last year about the way that certain players of demographic, of certain players of a certain demographic at Spurs are treated by certain fans, but other players who arguably are as worse in terms of their performance, i.e. your Dyers, at points, Lloris, your Longleys, are, are not given half as much grief. So sometimes you have to kind of call it what it is, but you just want to give people the benefit of the doubt because maybe they're upset, maybe they're holding on to old views. But for me right now, I'm just taking a spade as a spade. On one hand, I don't want to see Hoiberg ever play for the football team again. Like, that's just me, Frank. I, I felt like he was a detriment to a number of players. I felt like his performances got progressively worse and worse over the season. And actually, to be able to sell a 27-year-old at with two years left on his deal at this price, I'd be more than happy to. Whilst, yeah. on, the other, whilst on the other hand, I'm looking at a player of Ndombele's quality to be given a fresh start, having had a positive year in Napoli, winning the title and coming back playing under a new manager who clearly wants to play in a different progressive attacking style. Surely there's nothing to be lost here. I, I mean, I, 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 could, I, I just don't see why there isn't an opportunity to be given to him. I, I, just, I, just, I just think that like the pendulum is swinging very wildly amongst our amongst our fan base right now about like some of these some of these issues and i just think and i just think especially with people like Ndombele, there's a bigger rhetoric and it doesn't really sit well with me and i don't really like to and i don't really want to take it that way but it just looks that way it looks that way i i i really couldn't believe the comments that i was reading when i was watching that that video of the players coming back i was astonished yeah and um <laughs> It's it is telling when you kind of like there was a Wolves clip, uh, a clip from when Pedro Neto um, dribbled past a lot of our players, and and Dombele happened to be one of them. It wasn't a great initial challenge, but he got back um, and he saw out the move at least. Uh, they didn't score from it, and um, people are putting that up as a stick to beat Ndombele with and not being self aware enough to realise. And I will come to you in a minute, yeah, because <laughs> I do this uh, subject will be perfect for you anyway. Um, yeah, like literally every game, especially past the uh, the World Cup break, 
last season. Not like he wasn't doing it before that, but especially past the World Cup break last season, Hoiberg was doing this multiple, multiple, multiple times a game while spreading his arms out, while screaming at other people, whilst being on this leadership group, I think it was called, um, the brain trust behind the scenes when players meet up to discuss squad issues. Um, so, yeah, that didn't all sit right with me. And this kind of perceived mentality monster thing that uh, surrounds Hoiberg is is funny because you can't really have that while you're playing as badly as you are and not chasing back as much as you are. And the other thing as well, surrounding Ndombele, it's funny when you see the same people criticising Ndombele, probably the same type of people who watched and lauded Berbatov, who watched and lauded Ginola, maybe even Gascoigne and Hoddle back in the day. And you kind of think, okay, there's a lot of similarities. They're very much flair players. Okay, social media wasn't as prevalent then, so it's hard to compare. But, I mean, would they have been given as much criticism for their off-the-ball work as Ndombele does? I don't know. So, well, I think I, I have a good idea. Let's just say that. And it's it's interesting when you've got a club like Spurs who haven't really ever had great teams, but we have had great players. We've had great flair players and a good heritage of that. And I liked to think growing up, um, I just... I used to watch Spurs for the like rare flair players we did have, and players like Robbie Keane and Aaron Lennon, Defoe. Idols like we would ever win things, but we had we always seem to have good attackers. And when you've got someone that's good on the ball as Ndombele, I I don't know why we're not giving this guy as much of a platform as we are, and especially certain sections of the fan base when. You can see, in in my opinion, just how good he is. It's it is a baffling um, thing for me. Sorry, Yao, you had your hand up, and uh, the floor is yours. I think the first thing I want to address is in that Wolves clip, and correct me if I'm wrong, but there's a particular player that gets beat three times, and it's not Endembele. If I'm correct, it might have even been Davis. He gets beat, shows his number on four occasions, but he gets beat three times by Neto. And Dombele is actually covering the space. Yeah. And those of us that have played football, read the game, understand the game. For the most part, Ndombele didn't do much wrong in that place. What no. he could have done better is increase his intensity. But covering the space was actually what his remit required him to do. Davis had no right to be showing his backside unless he was at the particular bar to Neto. And that's what he did for the majority of that run. Neto obviously didn't score. And there was two other centre-backs that completely fluffed their lines. But the blame was slowly put on Ndombele. I'm going to call a spade a spade. It's not just Spurs fans. It's fans across the whole of the UK. So it doesn't yeah. matter what team you support, whether it's uh, United, City, uh, Liverpool, Arsenal, Chelsea, the particular top six, Newcastle, Newcastle especially. There are particular section of fans that if the option came to villainize 
a playoff color over a white player, they will take the former role as opposed to the latter. And they will criticize them for the exact same thing that they will try and defend another player for. So, in this section, we're talking about Ndombele's lack of running back. And the clip that people use the most is the Burnley game that Carragher so rightly, you know, highlighted. Mm. It was an absolute farce. And that's true. It was a bad game for me. But it, it astonishes me that nobody talks about how he was one of the better players in Jose's tenure. How no one actually ever mentions that. No, you know? it, it's very scary. Bring, they never even bring it up. And if you bring up Endombele's most positive moments at Spurs, and you bring up Hoiberg's most positive moment at Spurs, he will shut Hoiberg down. I promise you that. Like I can almost take you to court and promise you I'll win this case. He will absolutely destroy Hoiberg. Hoiberg has a few memorable passes and a few memorable goals. And Nombeli has the exact same thing, plus dribbles, plus passes, plus press-resistant plays. He has the exact same thing, plus more. I can point out the 2-2 the draw against Liverpool at home. He was pivotal in that first half, quite crucial in that first half. Mm. I can point out the, the game at Southampton when we were 1-0 down. I think we got back to 2-1. Um, and he was pivotal in the the goal that led uh, the play that led to Son getting the the extra goal. He mm-hmm. was he was ridiculous in that game. I can go to the Sheffield United game where he scored that ridiculous goal, not even looking at the goal, lobbed the goalkeeper. I can point out so many games, so many games I can point out just for Endombele. People will be like, "Oh, Hoiberg against Marseille. He was crap in that game." Yeah, the goal the goal doesn't negate nothing. He was absolutely awful. And you know what's hilarious about how people have gone, I mean, like, oh, Ndombele doesn't do this, his body language is this, his body language is that. He His defensive prowess for the team is horrible. Okay? So what did Leicester fans tell us about Madison then? Or are we just going to negate that? That they literally told us he's not good on the defensive end. That he literally, you know, foregoes a lot of his defensive actions because of what he can deliver for you on the offensive end. Or are people just going to forget that Benton Court, regardless of how many times Toby told you, no, Hoiberg tried, yeah? Benton Court literally carried Hoiberg the whole of last season. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. The guy is the most run-past midfielder out of the top six. The most run-past. Do you know what running past an individual actually looks like in reality, as opposed to an actual stat? Have you been in the stadium and seen the gaping space between Hoiberg and the person that's actually running past him? It's ridiculous. So for people to actually sit there and go on Twitter, whether they're trolling or not, is a different story. But for them to go on Twitter and be like, oh, we're going to miss this guy, because when he was in the middle of the park, nobody broke through the middle of the field. You must either be drunk or your mother must be taking drugs. It's one of the two, because I'm telling you, this is insanity that's coming out of your mouth and your fingers. It doesn't make no sense what you're actually saying. If you've watched the game, especially the last six months of the season, you would have seen that this guy, not only is he was he our worst performing midfielder, he was goddamn awful. No Endembele in this team, by the way. No Endembele in this team. He was goddamn awful. People were just running past him. I'm going to give you a game. I'm not even going to read the comment. I'll come back to that. 
I'm going to give you a game that I was in the stadium. Tops will remember this very well. Sporting Lisbon, Champions League. <laughs> yeah. Tops was standing right beside me. You couldn't even make this stuff up. The guy that was standing behind me was like, oh, he tries. He tries. At least he runs around. He tries. To... Remember, Tops, I was having this full discussion with the guy. I was like, yeah, yeah. that's nice. All this trying is all good and well, but it's going to mean nothing yeah, if you come up against somebody that knows what they're doing. Marcus Edward gets the ball. <laughs> yeah. Drops one shoulder, takes off. Hoybia can't reach it. Tries to foul him the first time, misses. Tries to foul him the second time, misses. Falls to the ground, still can't foul him. Marcus Edward gets to the edge of the box, scores. And I'm standing there thinking to myself, your family has watched this. Do you have no shame here that you literally got done over like this by a former player of ours? You have no shame. You didn't even go up the other end and foul him two minutes later on, on a Roy Keane tip. You didn't even do none of that. You just let man breeze past you all game. And then when we got out of the group stages, when we faced, when we faced AC Milan, that first game, yeah, that first game should have been the absolute coup de gras answer to anybody that questioned whether Hoybeer was good or not. That first game at the San Siro saw Skip. Very inexperienced midfield. Where was Tonali? Where was he? Where was this 70 million euro pound player? He was dealt with. Didn't get Saul a Actually had a very comfortable game in midfield. Romero had a stinker and that's what actually led to us losing. But the midfield was perfectly fine. Skip forward a few more weeks. <sighs> Mobia comes back in and we're just getting run through like, you know what? Let, yeah, don't even finish that sentence. You know what? I will finish that sentence. We're getting run through like a particular individual in Amsterdam. Hear what I'm saying, yeah? It's a mess. It's an absolute mess that people can go online and actually lie to the world and tell you that this guy was good for us. We spent 15 million. After the first six months under Jose, he gave us our 15 million worth. Because after that, we had no more credit in the bank. It was gone. There was no more peas. This guy was absolutely awful. He might give you a game here and there. He might give you a four-game week here and there. But outside of that, he was absolutely awful. And I'm glad that there are teams that stupidly think they can get something out of him. I want him to go to Atletico Madrid so they can see exactly what Pep saw in Bayern. That everything Pep said about this guy was a complete and utter lie. Yeah, because what Hoiberg is, He's a great talker of the game. But when he steps across that white line, he is the biggest fraud known to man since the Nigerians that created 419. And we will never get a fraud star bigger than this guy, Pierre Emil Hoybier. Absolute trash. Toby, you're my boy. But let me tell you this right now. If this club ever signs a player like Hoybier again, in my lifetime, I'm going to run you over. Because <laughs> th there's no way I'm going through this pain ever again. Yeah, <laughs> I want to see the end of Hoiberg. At the end at the end of this summer transfer, if he's still here, I'm going to be on full protest mode. I'm all for, you know, Endombele coming back and getting a fresh start, especially in the way that uh, Postacoglu wants to set up the team and the kind of like plays he wants to play. It would more suit the Madisons, the Endon Bailey's, the more flair players.
that are better on the offensive end than others. And hopefully, hopefully, you know, if players like Kane, I guess, are staying, you know, that they will give us more movement than they did in the last 15 games of the season. Yes, I am going to talk about Kane and his movement as well because he wasn't great. He barely moved. I don't give a damn for his goal-scoring record. Yeah, When you watched him, he was static for large parts of the game. Nobody wants to talk about that because obviously he went and scored goals. You want to keep quiet about that. You want to make a caveat or you want to make an excuse for that. There's no excuses. The best teams, everybody work. That's it. What we saw last, last season, 90% of the team didn't work. For whatever reason it was, they didn't. So there's no legs to stand on. Everybody's on a fresh slate, apart from certain people that played last season and the season before. So all of this pomp that I'm seeing from Harry Brooks or whatever his name is, yeah, get that out of the window and freaking open your eyes and start watching football correctly. Otherwise, you're going to be called out from this point on. I'm not gonna. I'm not even gonna like miss my words with it. All of this nonsense and trying to like throw throw little shade on on Endon Bailey and be like, oh, this is what he did, this is what he did, this is what he did, this is what he did. But you want to be quiet for players like Hoiberg and Winks, and you want us to applaud them when they go off to their to their new clubs. Piss off. Either be fair across the board or get called out for your actual nonsense that you're talking about online. Because I've had enough of it. And that's my take on all of this nonsense. Fair enough. Yeah, um, just to kind of summarise, um, it's going to be good to see what Angie's going to cook up in pre-season and who's going to suit these kind of number eight, number six roles, who isn't. It's looking quite clear already. I think the ceiling for Dombele to be in this team is is very, very high. Like, Hoiberg, I'm still not as sure about, but obviously he looks like he's probably going to go. And yeah, man, Angie's cooking. He's doing his thing. He's giving uh, Ndombele another chance by the look of it. And just to um, go back to Ndombele just a little bit more before I move on to this kind of preseason, um, people need to realise, like, one, this is the first progressive coach I think Ndombele's had since Pochettino. And see, there's... There's been a lot of times where Spurs have let down on Dombele as well. Like it's not just him where he's let down tools at times, like that FA Cup game, the Burnley game. Okay, poor. But at the same time, and I've said before, like when he signed, we gave him a lot of promises about what Spurs direction would be when he joined. We had just play the Champions League final, we said to Ndombele, you're going to play a key role in us obviously challenging for for titles again. We're going to be playing in this way. This manager's really wanted you for a while. Fast forward to, what was it, November? The manager that signs him gets sacked. We end up having the manager in Mourinho that has to get used to him and eventually did. It took a little while, but he did. And then Nuno, he came in, did well. Um, when he did eventually get game time and Conte froze him out like a coward. But I think the FA Cup game gave him the excuse he needed. But yeah, we'll see, man. We'll see. Um, just as well, I know I mentioned earlier that uh, Spurs Twitter is a bit of a mess right now. I just want to apologise for those that may have seen certain tweets on the new Spurs Order account. 
regarding uh, Callum Hudson the Doy prop. <laughs> I think one of our members have gone rogue. I just want to say these are the views of one certain cast member and one cast member only. As it stands, it's not a player I uh, care to entertain. Um, it's it's looks bad for me. And if you can't do it in the Bundesliga, then I, I don't know. I hope he gets a good move, though. Coming into pre-season, there's uh, a lot of the drills look very... Um, I'm not even scared about this sound like a pause, but there seems to be a lot of ball work involved. And, um, yeah, Tops, what did you kind of make from what I see? I see a lot of uh, pans being worked. I see a lot of quick intricate ball play and i see Ange just silently watching in the halfway like on the on the touchline doesn't really get involved too much vocally but he seems to be putting in a keen eye let's talk about bird dogs bird dogs make you look good they're stretched khaki shorts designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg giving you a truly sculpted look they fit better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff restricting cotton bird dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement bird dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long so how do you get them? You go to birddogs.com forward slash pool and enter promo code pool for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com forward slash pool for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Yeah, it, it does seem to be, first of all, like we seem to be moving at a quicker pace more than anything, um, which is really positive. Um, it looks like the touches are somewhat limited, which I think is also really good because that obviously um, influences uh, your, your decision-making and obviously your, your quickness of thought. Um, but I also think as well, uh, it's really positive that they're getting a lot of the younger guys involved because I think that's really something that, whilst in the past, from what I've read from like athletic articles and things like this, that um, some of the younger players were used as um, like um, almost like... Uh, corner flags or, or like training poles. Um, so the fact that they're getting some of the key guys like, you know, uh, Niall John and Alfie Devine and Matthew Craig involved, it's really positive because that could hopefully introduce possibly the idea of a um, pathway into the first team, which I think over the last few years mm. um, has, has been null and void. New contracts um, for a couple of those as well. Matthew yeah. Craig, Noel John. Yeah, which, is, which I think is really positive. Um, it's very it's very difficult to be able to gauge, you know, what is actually being done um, from these sessions. But like some things I can see, like I said, um, the reduced touch sort of um, keep ball and obviously um, the handicap games where you have situations where you have three against four, four against three, two against three, three against four. These, these kind of situations, which... I think are really positive because it allows you to have the numerical advantage and you, you kind of c can create overlaps and also allows your players in attacking areas to make good decisions or bad decisions, however, however you kind of, however you kind of train it. But um, it does look to be positive. I mean, like I said, it's very little that you can really take from it and we'll only really know once we get to our friendlies um, in, in Australia. But um, for now, I mean, it does look positive. Um, 
it's kind of unnerving seeing all those guys um, who I've not seen at the club for ages training. Um, and obviously a lot of the guys like Skip and Kane and, and Son and all these other guys are still to return. So it'll be interesting how they all integrate once these guys have all returned. But I mean, um, if everything that seems to be coming out of the club seems to be positive about him, um, he seems to he seems to talk really well, which I really like. Um, and everything that we're reading of the club says that he wants to play a progressive 4-3-3 three, three with a, a single number six and two box-to-box hybrid type eights, which I think is really good. And I think we've got the profiles for them at the moment. Um, so we'll just have to wait to see how it plays out um, as, as preseason goes. But it seems positive. seems positive. Yeah, and there's um, all of that good content being put out and there's whispers that Pissouma is um, quite early on being adored by the coaching staff and especially Ange and looks to be favoured for the number six role. Yeah, would you be happy with that? He seems to suit it really well. Whenever whenever we've even played Brighton teams, when Bissouma's been the six, he seems to have just run the midfield a couple of times. And when he'd make cameos as a six in Conte's midfield three, that seemed to be where he'd be at his best for us, I, I in think, my opinion. But yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. Well, when he was at Brighton, he's played that role quite a few times, so it's it's not alien to him. That's one. Um, and two, when we bought him, my understanding was it was going to be him and Bentancourt. But like, I just, I just thought automatically it just made sense that it would be him and Bentancourt, and it would more be of a double kind of six slash eight because they both can play six slash eight in a weird kind of hybrid way so they would obviously rotate during the matches especially with us playing a two Conte didn't see that because Conte is a fraud um I think he will be a good number six I think he's I wouldn't say he's amazing press resistant wise but he I, I trust him more than I've trusted anyone else um in our team outside of Benton Court and maybe in Don Bailey in terms of being press resistant. Madison will probably be the same uh, now that we've acquired him. Uh, in this formation, the six is not so much a defensive midfielder and more of a, I'm going to say pace setter. Yeah, more of an anchor. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. I'm not going to say orchestrator because I think that the, one of the two eights is more the orchestrator as opposed to the six. So the six is more the like the link up between defense and midfield, which we've missed badly for a good, a very good while, probably since Dembele, since Musa. So I think he will be perfect in that role, personally. Um, I've, I know in the, the talks that have come out from the rumors. That would mean Skip would be his uh, understudy, which to me is fine. I, I feel like Skip needs a, a season of like learning, you know, like especially in this more progressive style of like football. I think he, I think Skip has been very unlucky personally. Um, he came off a good season in the championship, and what should have been a stable environment for him to come into became hell, you know, and then he got injured. And, you know, that was it, you know. Um, but Basuma in the six and whoever's the two players off him, if they're progressive, press resistant, that's 
that should help us in maintaining possession. You know, that's that's one thing we lacked a lot of, especially last season. You know, we when we lost the ball, we didn't recover it quickly at all. You know, teams would have the ball for like minutes on end while we were just getting back into shape. Whereas I feel like, especially from what I've seen in the training clips, it's more a case of, all right, fine, we've lost the ball, get that back and recycle and like push the opponents right back into their half immediately, which can only bode well, really. Exactly that. And I guess before we wrap up, obviously there's certainly a limited group of players who are trading at the moment, but do you either of you guys kind of foresee any potential small surprises? Like apparently Regulon's been doing quite well as well, like players like that. Is there anyone you could see potentially surprising a few people? Like I really would like, and I'm and I'm not saying this from my subjective point of view, but I really would like Ndombele to come and show us exactly what he is about. I feel like in a system that suits him where he has adequate protection, I feel like he is someone who really could make the difference uh, for us in terms of how we attack as a team. Um, I obviously I obviously can tell that there's so much more work for him to do um, on his off-the-ball work. And to be honest with you, um, I think that's massively on him to 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 uh, to change that. But I think if he can get on board with however we, however we wish to play, um, I think it would be good to kind of get him uh, playing in a way that would suit us. Um, I would kind of like to see Brian Hill be given another chance as well. I still feel mm. that like he was treated kind of unfairly um, in that sort of uh, what was it. It was that January sort of period um, yeah. where Conte had him in a few games in which he actually performed quite well, especially at Palace away. I remember that specifically. And then a week or so later, he was shipped off on loan. Um, I feel that like uh, that role where he can maybe play as some form of inside forward or even as a uh, supplementary left winger, left inside forward. I still feel that there, there's there's something there. Um and because he's quite raw, I still feel that like that would be something that would be maybe not 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 difficult to play against, but it would be an unknown quantity because obviously we know his we know that he's quite a high volume dribbler, um, high volume crosser. Very, he's very quick um, and he's very good with his feet as well. So um, I think he could be interesting if he's given the opportunity as a what we would call I don't know supplementary or our backup sort of left winger. Um, although I do think the squad will be kind of trimmed this season because of the lack of games. But um, I think for me, those two, uh, I would really like to just, for them to be given a decent knock this season um, and to really kind of show the fans that, you know, we've not wasted our money and we've not wasted our time putting faith in these guys. I feel I feel like Hill showed us Little little sparks of that, and I think over and and on Bele's time, he has. But yeah, the off the ball work is is something that I'd like. I'd like to see. I'd like to see. Fair enough. Fair enough. Are either of you going to the uh, Shakhtar game? Uh, I probably this uh, August the sixth. I probably will be going to that. Um, I will be looking. I'm not in no rush to purchase tickets. If I'm being honest with you, so I'm probably gonna like book it towards the end of the month. Yeah. Touche. Yeah. 
because that just reminded me of this whole Solomon situation, which is um, weird to me as well. So it looks like we agreed to, to sign him and he hasn't had his medical yet, even though apparently it was scheduled for, for Thursday. Um, and then there's uh, Shakhtar's president apparently coming out saying, um, oh, we need to speak to Tottenham about, you know, getting a bit of compensation, which is... It's a weird thing for me because I'm, I'm thinking this is a FIFA rule and there's not really like, if you're going to raise an issue with it, surely it's got to be with Cass and the Court of Arbitration for Sport in regards to the FIFA ruling of these um, players' contracts who play for Shakhtar or Ukrainian clubs and if they're foreign players, they can essentially decide what they want to do. It's it's a weird situation. Um, but yeah, we'll see what happens uh, with that one. I'll, I'll turn around and hope they they know what they're doing with that whole uh, that whole Mudrick money. But we'll see. We'll see. It's I, I don't know why they're asking us for money when it's a FIFA rule. But hopefully, we've managed to get ourselves a good deal there. But anyway, um, thank you guys for for joining me this. Uh, swearing evening, Booker T, Scott Hall, been a delight. Shout out to Papa Blankson and Wes in the comments, and even Neil Gunner93. Fair enough. I thought you were going to try and run a bit of an agenda there, but yeah, that got stopped. Fair enough. Look out for us on the uh, on the socials. We might even have a thread account, I believe, um, at New Spurs Auto. Active on the Twitter, very active on the Instagram. Uh, the audio pod comes out every Saturday morning, and uh, yeah, for now, peace. On debut, on has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura clips it. Oh, great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London! That is absolutely incredible on debut! Oh, yay! Sports Social Podcast Network.